This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Vinny and Haney on your home for sports. 1057 The Fan. Hey, 1057 The Fan. Turn it up Tuesday. We'll be turning up Super Bowl 58 for you here on The Fan Sunday night. San Francisco, one and a half point favorites over the Chiefs, defending Super Bowl champions. Patrick Mahomes going for win number three. Brock Purdy and the 49ers trying to win their first Super Bowl in 29 years. Since Steve Young and Jerry Rice and Kathleen Lee Gifford and all the famous people are out there uh, beating up on our boy Bobby Ross and Ralph Friedgen and the then San Diego Chargers. Ravens Super Bowl dream awaits. Hopefully next year is their year. Don't want to get all Brooklyn Dodgers on you, but you get the point. Here to talk about the offseason that has already begun from uh, USA Today. He's uh, Ravens Wire. He's our friend. He's on the WGK Law Guest Hotline. He is Kevin Allstriker. Kevin, welcome to Vinny and Haney, as always, on a Tuesday. Appreciate you guys. Yeah, it's been one of the crazier roller coaster weeks, and not only the only Ravens that's through Baltimore sports history, the ups and downs and, and everything that goes with it. We got this Jerry Rossberg thing that was and now isn't, apparently, so craziness already in the offseason the, the juice of it hasn't even begun yet yeah, and you brought that up uh was it tom palacero reported yeah. yesterday nfl network that rosberg was coming back to be whatever his title was i can't remember but we're not even 24 hours after that fact it looks like that deal has fallen through any idea what what it was to begin with and why it isn't anymore yeah i <laughs> Apparently it was in a, you know, Pelissero said it was more of a game-managing role, so whether that's just him having Harbaugh's ear and, and helping him out either during game day or, or game prepping, game planning, I'm not sure what the specific exact role would have been, but then you have to get the report today that the talks didn't end in the deal, so I don't know whether that was money-related, was it role-related, just... <laughs> It was such a weird situation. I know it kind of, you know, stings, I guess, some people because all these coaches have left Baltimore, McDonald and Weaver and then Wilson and all these guys. And now you have news of, oh, hey, someone's coming back. And Rossberg is, I think, really well-respected across the league. And obviously, I think, gained a lot more respect with that Denver interim head coach stint. But now <laughs> now he's not coming. And I, I guess uh, back to the drawing board, if there is a game manager role for John Harbaugh, it's not going to be Rossberg next to him. Now, Doug Mallory's, you know, coming in as a DB coach. He was with Jim Harbaugh for three years. Another Michigan man. 
Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it continues. And I think as all those staffs get sorted out in Los Angeles, Baltimore, Seattle, whatever you want, it, that pipeline is still going to be there, especially for, you know, with Michigan. They're bringing guys over. I know Jim brought Jesse Minter back over for Los Angeles defensive coordinator. I know he was he was an option that some people maybe wanted in Baltimore to succeed McDonald, kind of go back to college and pull the guy who was, again, Ravens organization, this, that, and the other. But, yes, I think Mallory's a fine hire, and, and it just goes goes with that Michigan pipeline, and obviously it's not going to be as prevalent anymore because Jim is no longer there. But I don't think it's going to necessarily completely go away, especially as, you know, Jim kind of grows his roots out in Los Angeles, and we've seen guys like Mike Devlin get taken by Jim to Los Angeles. Joe Hortiz, obviously, is Jim's man as the GM now. So, I, we've seen a lot of loss for the Ravens in terms of coaches over the last couple of weeks. We got we got the Mallory hire, and I'm sure John Harbaugh, Zach Orr, working working hard to fill out the rest of that staff because that defensive staff in 2023 was incredible. And you look at you know the top the quote unquote top six coaches there. You have Mike McDonald, Anthony Weaver, Wilson, and and Zach Orr, Chuck Smith, and Chris Hewitt. That's one head coach and three defensive coordinators just on last year's defensive staff for John Harbaugh. All right, let's talk a little bit about um, Hewitt. You know, why didn't Hewitt get prom- promoted? Because he's really not the – he was a DB coach, but he's not the DB coach anymore. Yeah, Hewitt, Hewitt has an interesting role and an interesting situation. He's been around now for a little while, and I would have thought that, you know, may- maybe they did give him consideration. Obviously, I think they had to move very quickly on this Zach Worth thing because Orr told, you know – he was on the lounge yesterday, and that, that came out, and he said that, yeah, Mike McDonald wanted to bring him over to Seattle, but once John Harbaugh offered him that D.C. job, it was, you know, boom, he took it. So I think that the Ravens, with, with the Todd Munkin search last year, even the McDonald search a couple of years ago, the Ravens could take their time a little bit, right? They could, they could go through some candidates, go through an interview process and reassess, have second interviews. But they couldn't really do that this time around because all of their guys were such hot head coaching candidates. And, and going internal was the right decision, in, in my opinion, keeping the system. McDonald is a loss, but I think if you keep the system and Zach Ward's this up-and-coming guy, you know, I, I think they'll be okay. But with a guy like Chris Hewitt, I, I don't think you could have afforded to go through an entire interview process with these guys and say, well, what's your vision for this? They, they had an idea. They were preparing for it. They, they mm-hmm. understood, you know, the reality of the situation that like McDonald was a hot head coaching candidate. There was a real shot that, that he was going to leave here. So they, they did their due diligence. I'm sure they talked to guys, but to me, I think that keeping or, or I think it was probably the final thing if I had to guess was between Orr and Weaver and whichever guy didn't get the job was going to go elsewhere, whether it was Orr to Seattle and Weaver obviously went to Miami and I, th- I think they chose Orr, and I, th- I think it's a fine choice. But Hewitt's somebody that I think kind of flies under the radar a little bit. I think when you look at what he's done, you know, he's been there for a while, and I think he, he probably was at least th- thought about in the Ravens organization, but Orr was the choice, and I'm, I'm good with the choice. I think Orr is the right choice. Now, Chuck Smith, do you think he gets promoted to D-line coach? You know, because that was his first year of really coaching, or does he stay in his pass rusher role? I think he could get promoted to D-line coach. I wouldn't be shocked if he stayed in, in the role and the Ravens bring somebody else in, but I think I think he earned it. You know, he, he worked with, I think we saw leaps from a lot of players this year, and that, that was one of the areas I was most impressed with, where the Ravens, we had been talking for a while about how they couldn't really generate pressure with four consistently, and, and some of their pass rushers weren't developing as, as much as needed. And, and 
not that they had guys like David Ajabo on the field for him, but I think we saw at least a step from Adafi Owe this year, even if he wasn't like a 10-stack, 12-stack guy this season. We saw it from him, Matabike, obviously. And again, you look at guys like Anthony Weaver, you know, for, for the development of these guys too. But Chuck Smith had a role, and he's well-respected, not only in the locker room, but across the league, obviously, with the career he had and the work that he's done independently. So I think that he could be an option for defensive line coach, and then you bring in another another pass rush specialist, and maybe you just keep him and maybe he plays both roles. I don't know. That would be a lot. But I feel like for Chuck Smith, a promotion is well-earned and well-deserved if he gets it. How many of those 22 free agents you think end up with those three defensive coordinators? Or, yeah, well, that, that... three D, well, two D coordinators and one head coach. Right. I think uh, we're, we're going to see some movement for sure. I, I think what everybody's talking about right now is Patrick Queen. And uh, I think, I think Geno every... Stone's going to be one, too. I think so, too, because I think he's going to get paid to start. Yes. And oh, he's no. going to have that. It's not only that, but he's going to get a role. It's the role and the money, I feel like. Because you have Marcus Williams, you have Kyle Hamilton, and Stone was awesome for him last year, right? I mean, he gave you versatility. He, he gave you incredible, higher-than-starter-level safety play when Marcus Williams was out. So he was great to have. But a player like that, teams are going to want to pay to start. Because in starting roles... He filled in for Marcus Williams now for the past two seasons. Williams has had to miss time for two years, and Stone has come in and played really well. So I think Stone, I agree with you. I think a team's going to pay Stone a somewhat hefty contract, and I think they're going to pay him to start in the role and the money will we'll have him leave Baltimore. Uh, Queen, they, the, the connection is Seattle. We'll see. They have to make decisions on Bobby Wagner, Jordan Brooks, and McDonald will have to figure that out. I think both both pass rushers could return. You know, Jadavian Clowney, Kyle Van Noy, maybe maybe one leaves elsewhere. They're going to have to make decisions on uh, some of those depth corners like Ronald Darby and uh, Arthur Millette. I think Kevin Zeitler returns. John, John Simpson, maybe, maybe, maybe another team pays him, and the Ravens just want to go in a different direction at left guard like Andrew Voorhees, or they, they draft someone to bring a veteran in. And then they have to, you know, we also have to talk about some of the potential guys who get cut by the Ravens in terms of ways they could save, right? I think Ty Spouser is an obvious candidate for that. Maybe they move on from Patrick Ricard, Morgan Moses, Ronnie Stanley is obviously the big name. So it's going to look different. I think that's what has it staying for a lot of Ravens fans is this team will not look the same as next year's team. Not that they won't have a shot next year to win, but there are going to be some guys who contributed a lot to the team this year that won't be there next year. Kevin Allstriker, USA Today, the Ravens Wire. Kevin, last thing for you. The winner of Super Bowl 58 will be what team? I, I'm, You know, it's, it's hard to pick against Patrick Mahomes after all the success he's had, but I'm, I'm going to go with Brock Purdy. I think if the 49ers run the ball, I think if Christian McCaffrey gets going a little bit, that Chiefs run defense, unfortunately, Baltimore didn't necessarily take advantage of it, but I think that the 49ers, if they can do that, establish the ground game early. The Chiefs defense has been awesome, but I, I'm – I'm going to go 49ers in this one. Probably a close game. Uh, I'll go something maybe like uh, 27-25 or something like he that. He is Kevin Allstriker. Kevin, have fun with Zach Orr later today. I appreciate you guys. Thanks so much for having All me. Right. There's yep. Kevin Allstriker. It's video at Handy 105.7 The Fed. I don't really have a rooting interest in the game per se. As long as our prop bets hit, right, Nolan? It's video at Handy 105.7 The Fed. Whip around. Coming up next, talk Orioles and American League East with Mike Axisa, CBS Sports. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Vinny and Hades with Brought to you by Box Hill Pizzeria and Crab Cakes, the best crab cakes in Hartford County. 1057 The Fan. Good evening, Haiti 1057 The Fan here on this Turn It Up Tuesday, cranking it up to 12. We'll get you loud and uh, engaged here with your musical selections. But right now, let's do the whip. Not a lot of uh, basketball happening here. No, no. They're back when he, there is a lot of basketball. Hockey's back because of the all-star break. Caps yep. are back on the ice, but we'll get into that tomorrow. But in the NBA last night, Wizards didn't play. They play. Well, uh, I do have one thing about the Caps, Bob. Yes. Kunetsov. He's out. He's in rehab or whatever. He's gone from the team for a while. What sort of rehab? Uh, Substance abuse subs- or injury rehab? No, not injury rehab. Oh, wow. Yeah. They, they announced that yesterday, and he's going to be out indefinitely. Oh. Well, we wish him the best, yep. of course, to uh, get on the road to recovery. But Cleveland took on Sacramento last night, and Cleveland's red hot, and they'll stack tomorrow against the Wizards. Call it a hunch down in D.C. But take it on the Kings, one of the best in the West, and Donovan Mitchell did Donovan Mitchell stuff. As Mitchell now gets to the foul line, he'll scoop it off the backboard to himself. Do you believe that? That's Bally Sports on the call. Donovan Mitchell 29 as Cleveland beat Sacramento 136-110. Donovan Mitchell's only 6'2". He plays way bigger than that 6'2". Issue with him is in Utah now last year with Cleveland, and we'll see what happens in the postseason. His teams usually don't stick around long in the playoffs. Maybe this will be a different different year for him. But 136-110, Kevin Herter, Terp. 10 points, three boards, four assists. Alex Len, hey, he got to play and he got an assist. Also in the NBA last night, it was the Clippers taking on Atlanta in a high-scoring affair. And how about a Terp getting off the bench and making some noise? Bogey on the bounce. Bruno slams it. What a shot. Oh, baby. This is a thing of beauty. Right up on Norman Powell. In your face, Norman Powell. That was Bally Sports as well. Bruno Fernando, seven points, four rebounds, an assist, two block shots, and that monster dunk. One thing Bruno's always been able to do is dunk. And he will dunk on you, your mom, and all your friends when he plays. But in the end, it was all about the Clippers, 149-144. Kawhi Leonard had 36 as the claw making some noise. Clippers playing really good basketball right now. New Orleans blows out Toronto, 138-100. Manuel quickly. Baltimore, eight points, a rebound, six assists. Brandon Ingram, dookie. He at 41. Wizards tomorrow, as we said, taking on the Cleveland Cavaliers in men's top 25 college hoops. It was Kansas State in overtime over number four, Kansas, 75-70. Kansas just blew out Houston on Saturday, and then K-State got him again. So the Wildcats roaring, if you will. 
Locally, South Carolina State, 77-65 over Coppin. Morgan, however, got a win, 79-72 over UNC Central. It's Vinny and Haiti, 105.7 The Fan. Whip around this day in sports history. It's February the 6th, 1967 at the Houston Astrodome. Muhammad Ali, the greatest of all time, beat up on Ernie Terrell. 15-round unanimous decision. Ernie Terrell refused to call him Muhammad Ali, kept calling him Cassius Clay, and Ali made him pay. He defended his portion of the heavyweight title, but Ernie Terrell actually owned the WBA portion because Ali got stripped by the WBA for fighting Sonny Liston in the rematch, but it doesn't matter. Ali dominated. You can actually watch that entire fight as it was called by Howard Cosell on YouTube if you choose to do that. College Hoops, Maryland. 1975, Madison Square Garden, fourth-ranked Terps, beat Fordham 65-46. John Lucas had 16. Steve Shepard had 14. Ten years later at Wake, 1985, 20th-ranked Maryland holds off the Demon Deacons, 64-62. Len Bias had 26. Adrian Branch, 14. Jeff Atkins had 10. Two of those three players, Vinny, were McDonald's All-Americans. Hmm. Len Bias wasn't one of them. You learn something every day sitting next to Bob Haiti. 1988 in Norfolk. The scope, it was Maryland 70-65 over Old Dominion. Derek Lewis at 18. Another McDonald's All-American. Rudy Archer, Maryland, or Baltimore. He at 15. Keith Gatlin, 13. As uh, the Terps handle their business there. Getting that win on their way to the NCAA tournament. 1999, Cole Pilhaus, South Frank, Maryland. Beats Virginia 88-72. Terrence Morris at 16. Lonnie Baxter in his first ever start at 14. Juan Dixon 11. Stevie Franchise had 10 points and 13 assists. Couple of Super Bowls. 2005 in Jacksonville. Super Bowl 39. New England beat Philly 24-21. Deion Branch was the most valuable player. Patriots were seven-point favorites in that game. National Anthem. It was the choruses of the Combined Armed Forces doing their thing. Halftime, Paul McCartney. Nice. Fox on the call. Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, Chris Collinsworth. 86 million people locally or in the United States watched it. 2011 down in Jerry World. It was Green Bay 31-25 over the Steelers. Super Bowl 45. Aaron Rodgers, most valuable player of that game. Green Bay was three-point favorites. Christina Aguilera. Nice. Sang the national anthem. I don't remember. I don't remember if it was nice or it sucked. I don't um, remember. I yeah. like Christian Aguilera, so I'm guessing it was good. And, and Christina, too. Halftime was the Black Eyed Peas, Usher, and Slash. Fox again. Joe Buck, Troy Aikman. 111 million people watched in the U.S., 162.9 total viewers of that Super Bowl. Only Super Bowl championship of Aaron Rodgers' career. Mike McCarthy. So there you go. Coach. It's Vinny and Haney, 105.7 The Fed. Talk to Mike Axisa, CBSSports.com, about the Orioles getting Corbin Burns. They're loaded. They still have the number one farm system in baseball. Could other moves be made? But what about the other teams in the American League East? When's Toronto going to get over the hump? Are they good enough to do it this year? Stay tuned for that. Got the uh, fun house with Nolan. And then news from the Nest coming up top of the hour. Later on today, Zach Orr will be introduced officially as the new defensive coordinator for your Baltimore Ravens. Taking sports to a whole new level. 105.7 The Fan. Yeah. 
Biddy and Haney, 1057, the fan, turn it up Tuesday. BZ Top for you, Bob Haney, Biddy Serato, Nolan McGraw. Hear from him in a couple of minutes as we go to his fun house, pitchers and catchers for the Orioles in eight days. And here to talk about the birds of Baltimore. They've been rather newsworthy, new owner and big free agent, or excuse me, trade for a potential free agent pitcher there in Corbin Burns. The American League East looks to be loaded again. Oh, by the way, the Texas Rangers are the defending world champions, and we'll talk about them as well with our next guest. He's on the WGK Law Guest Hotline. Let's welcome back to the show from CBSSports.com. He is Mike Axisa. Mike, what is going on? Oh, not much. How you doing? Doing all right. And usually, you know, when Ravens are in the throes of losing a championship game, everyone's uh, bitter and blaming and wanting to fire. And then the Orioles were sold, not officially, but it looks like it's a deal. Uh, and then, of course, the Orioles trade for uh, Corbin Burns from Milwaukee. So the Orioles put themselves on the national pages, uh, sports-wise. The two big stories relating to Baltimore, how did they resonate with you last week? I mean, they were pretty monumental. I mean, you kind of been waiting all of they had this great season last year. They had this great young core, and it was kind of like, okay, you're going to kind of do anything to help this team. And it was worth the wait. They finally did with Burns. And, and I don't know. I don't know if the timing of the ownership announcement and then the trade the next day, that's probably just a coincidence. I don't think one really led to the other. But it was still a pretty exciting two days there because, I mean, let's let's call a spade a spade here. John Angelos has not been the best like steward of Baltimore baseball the last few years with the lack of investment in the roster. And now you got this exciting new ownership group coming in eventually when they take their, you know, controlling share eventually. And then you get the ace that, that they needed. And yes, it's just one year of Burns, but one year of Burns is really good. And your best chance to win a World Series with this group, it's always the the current year, you know, it doesn't get easier down the line. So they made the smart move. They didn't really, you know, they didn't sacrifice any prospects they can't live without, certainly. So it was just a great move for them. And it, and they really needed to go ahead and do it. And I'm happy for them that they did. Now, in regards to the Corbin Burns move and what it does with the rest of the American League East, Aaron Boone said this could be a problem, uh, speaking yeah. for himself and I guess the rest of the division. I thought the Orioles were going to be, if not the favorites to win it, certainly close to the favorites to do it anyway. Does this put them over the hop? Forget about or the top. Forget about Vegas and what they think. In, yeah. As you look at them right now, Mike, heading into spring training next week, are they the team to beat in the American League East? And usually if you're the best team in the American League East, you're usually the best team in yeah. the American League. Yeah, you know, I think so. Um, I mean, you look at the rest of the division, the Yankees have obviously made some really good moves for them, and they really improved. The Blue Jays really didn't. The Red Sox certainly haven't. The Rays are just kind of doing the Rays thing where they kind of move a whole bunch of guys around. And the Yankees are the only other team that really improved themselves to the point where it's like, okay, maybe they could make a run at the division. I think Burns separated the Orioles, and it's really hard to improve a 101-win team, but Burns is the kind of guy who could help you do that. And I do think there's a scenario where the Orioles – Maybe they don't win 101 games anymore. Maybe they're more like a 97 or 98 win team, but they're a more complete team and just better able to make a postseason run than what they had last year. So right now, yeah, definitely. I think they're the favorites in the division. Like I said, maybe they don't win 101 games anymore because that's really hard to do, but, I mean, obviously it's a very good team. Mike Axis of CBSSports.com joining us here at Vinny and Haney, 1057 The Fan. We'll get to Bobby Witt's contract and how it resonates with the Orioles in a second. But Gunnar Henderson himself, he was the favorite to win the Rookie of the Year. He got off to the slow start, then was one of the best players in baseball yeah. in the second half of the season. Do, how much does he level up here, Mike, in your opinion, going into his second full season in Major League Baseball? 
Yeah, you know, it's funny because the kind of season he had last year, that's kind of what I thought he would be at his peak, but he did that as a rookie. And uh, what you're kind of hoping for going forward is maybe he's a little bit more consistent from start to finish and you get that the great really like last four and a half months, you get that all season. You know, a season like that, it's it's really hard to get do better than that. But he's so talented, and you know, he's in a position where he doesn't really need to be the guy. You look at Bobby Wood Jr., where like, okay, he's the guy for the Royals. Whereas Henderson, he's just kind of one of the party there. You know, he's not. Uh, it's not a team where you have one player kind of driving the bus there, which is a good thing for him, I think, because you kind of relax a little bit. But yeah, he's obviously extremely talented. He was the best prospect in the game going into the season. He lived up to it, and. How does he get better from here? I mean, that's really hard to do. You just kind of hope to see more consistency from start to finish and not have such a, a sluggish start like he did. Now, uh, Bobby Wick got that uh, mega deal, which I believe paid him half of Kansas City to <laughs> keep him around in the opt-out. He's in even until, what, 2030. So yeah. he's still got some time there with the Royals. Gunnar Henderson represented by Scott Boris. And as you know, Scott Boris usually doesn't do these sorts of things, these early in your career contract extensions. But you know, got Adley Rutschman, too, who could use a nice little payday. Jackson Holiday, also represented by Boris. He's probably making his debut at some point in time in 2024. What happened yesterday, in your opinion, even with new ownership, Mike, does that have an effect on the Orioles in any way, shape, or form? in regards to extending their younger players? I think it does kind of set the market a little bit. Uh, for something like this, you know, service time is important. And and Witt was four years away from free agency. Henderson right now is five years away. So that extra year of control, it, it, it works. It's better for the Orioles. They won't have to pay him quite as much, in theory, quite as much as Witt. I think Rutschman's the one that that they really got to focus on here. He's closer to free agency than than Henderson, and it's just a rarer skill set. You know, at like at like any given time, there's like five good catchers in baseball, and this guy's like the best. So it's a really rare skill set. This is the guy I would look look to lock up first. And you know, if okay, if, if Henderson and Boris say okay, we'll sign today, then obviously you do it. But I think if you kind of got to pick between the two, I think Henderson the Rutschman's the one you should focus on. Just because good catchers, great catchers, they're so hard to find. And this guy's arguably the best in the game. And Witt might have set the market there, but I don't know. Catchers are kind of in their own little world, though, just because of the position, the uniqueness of the position. So I don't know how much that impacts them. It's just, it's just a reminder that if you got these great young players, it's gonna you have to pay to keep them, but it's usually worth the investment if they're a star. And Baltimore's guys, they certainly have performed like stars so far. For holiday, do you expect him to come in right away, or kind of give them a boost once it gets going? You know, like if somebody gets hurt or something. Yeah. Where do you where do you see with him? I think if you gave the Orioles a true serum, they'd say they like to see Holiday spend a little bit more time in AAA. He wasn't there very long last year, and he's still so young. You know, kids his age are like playing in A ball, not in AAA doing what he did last year. I think, like, you kind of look at where they were a few years ago. They waited a really long time to call up Rutschman, and that's why he's, like, you know, already 20, already, quote-unquote, already 26 after two years. And Holiday's still so young, but that was a different time. You know, they weren't really ready to kind of make that step and contend when they were called up Rutschman. Now they're firmly in that race, and I think if they need the help, if they say, okay, we got this kid, we think he's ready, we need another bat, they're going to call him up and, and just kind of let him go. Does that mean opening day? I don't think they need him on opening day, but... 
you know, if he's the best option on opening day, why wouldn't they put him on the roster and and uh, kind of go all in when you got Burns for this? Maybe they extend Burns, but you got him for one year right now. And so you kind of go all in. And if that means putting Holiday on the opening day roster, then you just do it. Mike Exesa, CBSSports.com, San Diego, the Dodgers, pitchers and catchers coming up Sunday. For the Orioles, it's next Wednesday. Mike, we appreciate your time. Thanks for the intel. We'll be talking to you a lot as baseball 2024 will be here before we know. Thanks, sure. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me on. You got it, Mike Exesa, everybody. It's Vinny at Haney, 105.7 The Fan. We'll come back, go to the Funhouse, Nolan McGraw. Take your phone calls at 410-583-1057. Got news from the desk coming up at the top of the hour. NFL lunch later in the show. We've got Dan and News from Chiefs Radio. He'll be joining us at 1 o'clock. Kansas City's trying to defend that Super Bowl title. How are they going to get that one done against San Francisco? Sports with balls. It's Vinny and Haney, 105.7 The Fan. Vinny and Haney, 105.7 The Fan. Terps tonight taking on Rutgers, 632. You can hear it. Radio station, Maryland. Trying to get back to 500 in the Big Ten. Rutgers, they're 3-7 in the league. Both teams struggle to put the ball in said basket. But still, maybe there could be an offensive explosion down at College Park. Because as they say, that's why... They play the games. We just talked to Mike Exisa about the Orioles in the American League East. Boston, okay, looks like they might be the bottom feeders. Orioles are going to be good. Yankees will be good. Tampa's just good, just the way it rolls. And Toronto's extremely talented. Well, They just got to figure out a way to get over the hump. We were talking about them last week with Bob Nightingale when you were off, Vinny. And he thinks this is a big year for them. Because next year the window's going to start closing because then they got to start paying the Vlads and the BGOs and, and the uh, uh, Bo Bichette's kid. Bo Bichette, yeah. Dante Bichette's son with the hair and all very touching things there. And they've already spent a ton of dough in free agents. Yep. So Toronto, they've been uh, easily dismissed in the playoffs the last couple of years. So it should be a competitive division. Let's not forget, however, the Texas Rangers are the defending World Series champions. 49ers are Super Bowl, or excuse me, trying to dethrone Kansas City from their Super Bowl championship rematch of Super Bowl 54. We'll get into that and more as the show and the week rolls on. But let's get a phone call in before we go to Nolan's Funhouse. Let's go to Pikesville. It's Q. Q, what's up? Yeah, good day, fellas. Let me breeze through this real quick, man. First and foremost, uh, the geeks in Vegas, because I know you 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 weigh heavily in their opinions, Bob. The geeks in Vegas right now have the O's as the fourth best team to make the uh, the fourth best team in the AL to make the World Series behind the Strolls, the Bombers, and the Rangers. But that's how it's looking now. I, I don't expect the O's to do what they did last year, this year. Of course, you don't. They caught a lot of teams off guard. Uh-huh. Ooh. Um. It's always funny when teams – it's always the, 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 the fan bases of teams that lose certain games that's the ones that's crying about the referees. End of the day, if the Chiefs would have lost that game Sunday, how many uh, KC fans you would have thought would have been calling in the stations, complaining Monday about how they got jerked off of nine points, the touchdown and the safety that wasn't called? So, I mean, at the end of the day, realistically – because now Lamar gave us a six-year sample size, going into a seven-year sample size now. The guy is the Alex Rodriguez of the NFL. He puts on, he performs in a regular season. Postseason time comes, he's garbage. It is what it is. I don't care who gets offended. That's what it is. Six years. Third, it's funny how I'm, li- I'm sitting back and I'm listening to all the love that Purdy got. And this is why I say a lot of people's opinions is fake and phony. 
it's funny too because a lot of people was giving this kid Purdy all this love, this, that, and the third. This year's San Francisco team is the 2010-2011 Jets uh, team, exact same team where it's built, supposed to be built on defense and running the ball. Now, those years when we was back-to-back games where we were supposed to be one game away from back-to-back Super Bowls, my man Sanchez was putting on. Matter of fact, Purdy has the most wins tied with Sanchez in NFL history in a two-year span, four and two. So you look at they you compared both of these quarterbacks' numbers. Sanchez has a way better record than um playoff uh, career record than than Purdy, and yet people was being biased, throwing my man under the bus. So His you do you like the window? So you like huh? Purdy or you don't like Purdy? I'm not I'm not a fan of Purdy. I think he's overrated, but I'm just saying that's how fake and funny a lot of people's opinions is. People pick and choose. They battles. Uh, like, was a like you do, in all fairness, though. How many super? That, how many? Su- how many Super Bowls did Mark Sanchez play in? He was back to back games away from him. And so he, was and Brock he, Purdy, and he actually won his yeah. in the second you know, but, year. No, but people, but people were saying before that. Even last year, people were hyping the kid up, and I'm like, they the same. Sanchez is a better quarterback, but yet Purdy gets more love. No, Brock, Brock I, I, Purdy I, 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 was I, 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 Brock I, I, Purdy was I, up for the MVP. I can't take it. Mark Sanchez was never an MVP caliber right. player. And what about that butt fumble? He had a two-year <laughs> run where his defense basically helped carry that team. And yeah, they pulled a couple of upsets, no doubt about it. I think you, Q, Q, come on, dude, you gotta stop talking about the Jets like they're the Ravens. Yeah. And by the way, he would kill. And he'll deny it on these airwaves because once you make an argument, you can't. When you do a hot take, you can't walk it back unless you just want to admit you're wrong. He would take Lamar Jackson as the quarterback of the Jets in a bleeping heartbeat. And I'll say this too, Bob. Brock Purdy, if Purdy played for the Jets this year, they'd have been in the playoffs. So, come on, dude. All right, Vinny and Haney, 105.7 The Fed. I mean, give the guy some respect, at least. They were down 17 points at halftime. And they came back and won, and he had a lot to do yep. with their comeback win. Nolan, how are you doing over there? I'm doing all right. And by the way, he quoted the nerd stats and then right. lived and died by it. The nerds are saying, well, you criticize them, but now it's gospel because they picked the Orioles fourth. Come on, dude. We're still waiting on Q's definitive quarterback list, by the way. Uh, I think there's only two that he likes, Mahomes and, and Rodgers. Yeah, well, or A-Rod, excuse me. Yeah, well, one's on his way out the door. The other one's about to win his third Super Bowl, right. maybe. Yeah. Everyone else, they're, they're bums. Okay. There's two good. The rest are garbage. All right. It is what it is. Best quarterback yeah, rankings like, in the, in the when's world. When's the last time the Jets have been to a Super Bowl? Again, 54 years, I believe it is. 55. Joe Namath. 55 years. Since they've been in a Super Bowl. Rodgers running out of the tunnel in week one was their Super Bowl. Uh, and then last, what, three plays? Yep. Come on, dude. You're talking trash on a station whose team goes to the playoffs every year, almost literally, at five of the last six years, and whose baseball team just won the division by a pretty comfortable margin over the Yankees, the Bombers, who have to spend money where the Orioles have cultivated their talent. Now they're going to have to pay them sooner or later, but we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Wonder who Q's favorite college basketball team is. Uh, it's got to be like a Duke or a Carolina or somebody like that, I would think. Right? Not going to be a mid-major, I'll tell you. Uh, that. It ain't St. John's. <laughs> let's just put it that way. So, how you doing, Nolan? Anyway, I'm good. I'm good. We don't need another uh, 
fan to chime in here and tell us the Ravens' problems. The Ravens fans are yeah. more than aware of that as uh, they continue to blow up the text line here. <laughs> That's correct. Let's go to fun out. Quick draws, fun house. The Knicks, the by the way, the Knicks haven't won an NBA title in literally over 50 years. This side of the Chesapeake. I like that quick draw. 105.7 The Fan. Start here talking about Ronnie Stanley. Had a caller earlier vouching for Orlando Brown Jr. A little hindsight move there. Uh, this texter here says, ironically... Uh, Ronnie Stanley got hurt because Orlando Brown couldn't hold a block in that Steelers game. Ronnie ends up getting rolled up on. The rest is history. Yeah, I don't, I don't recall how Ronnie yeah, got hurt. It was the ankle, though, right? Yeah, he had. He had yeah, and that was like, surgery twice. That was right after he signed the extension. Yeah, I same think week. within a week. Yeah, yes. same, but like five days later. Yep. Yeah, and he hasn't been the same since. Yeah. Uh, this one here, Texter says uh, John Harbaugh. And the coaching staff abandoned the run on the first drive when the Ravens had the ball first. Score was 0-0 then. Don't know what the excuse is for playing from behind. Why didn't they establish the run right from the get-go? All John's excuses start with, they didn't let us do that. They didn't let us do this. Well, if you tried to run on the first drive, you could have set the tone. Well, I think normally what you do on your first, you know, you have your first 15 and you run a lot of different formations and a lot of different things so you can, okay, this is how they're going to play that formation. This is how they're going to, okay, now we can zero in. Uh, how about Chris here chiming in? Says, maybe this is some history repeating itself. Ravens come up tragically short in the championship game. Following year, an inferior team, uh, at least in roster construction, uh, go on, goes on and wins the Super Bowl. 2011 and 2012, the comparison being there. I, I, I don't, I don't, we'll know, uh, you know, we don't know what the roster is going to look like for a little bit here, but that was a hell of a roster that they just had and they were totally healthy um, and they had great chemistry. So, I mean, all those things, you know, are going to be tough. And then you lost three really good coaches on defense so I think those things are, are those things are going to be it's going to be tough to come back and duplicate that exact stuff. And you're in a tough conference too. Well, all the quarterbacks are going to be healthy. Well, as long as Lamar's healthy, that puts them in the conversation with every other team except for the Jets. Next, well, before we get to news from the nest, <laughs> got another giveaway here. Actually, I got giveaways all week. Oh, so man. if you don't win today, what? keep listening all week. This time around, two tickets to see the Pixies and Modest Mouse. Now, I'm not familiar, but two bands there, Pixies, Modest Mouse. June 14th, they're going to be at Meriwether Post Pavilion. We're giving away these tickets courtesy of Live Nation. Uh, We'll look for, let's say, caller number four here, 410-583-1057, for two tickets to see the Pixies and Modest Mouse. I know the Pixies, Modest Mouse, I've heard of them, but I don't really know much of their catalog. My wife's a big fan of the Pixies, who were kind of a big deal. 
back in the uh, late 80s, early 90s. It's Vinny at 80, 105.7, the fan news from the nest. Coming up next, buy or sell. Let's count some cash there, 1215. And then we'll get back to the Ravens grade. You can join us as well, everybody, at 410-583-1057. We'll get back to the rest of the offense because we didn't finish there, and then we'll get to the defense. And look, when you win 13 games out of 17 regular season ones, you have a lot of guys doing some really good things. The playoff grades... The offense kind of failing, as we talked about. Yep. Defensively, they, they did what they had to do. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 